Hello everyone and welcome to the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito. This broadcast will come to you weekly throughout the year. We'll be joined by a range of special guests and hosts throughout the year. Joining us for the inaugural episode, uh, two of our favourites at the NFNL. They've been part of the media team for quite some time. Know most things about the league and we're going to test their knowledge ahead of the 2019 season. Jordan Canellis, first off, welcome to the program and welcome back to another season of NFNL Football and Netball. Hello Samuel, it's good to be back. It's another fantastic season which awaits us. We had a great year last year. Plenty of great grand finals to end the year and um, the, the divisions in, in the football and the netball just continue to get more competitive each year, which is uh, remarkable because we thought we had a pretty good standard you know, five years ago and, and every year just the NFNL just keeps to keeps on bettering itself. So I think we'll, uh, we'll see an even better competition again this year, which is, how is that even possible? Yeah, well, uh, we can hope only keep raising the bar and, and hopefully 2019 is the best instalment yet, both on the football field and netball court. And also joining us is... Tom Flanagan. Tom's been part of our radio broadcast for quite some time. Won't have you in a full-time capacity this year. We'll hope we'll still get you in uh, for a couple of games as well, but it's a pleasure to have you as part of the podcast. And I'm sure from your point of view, uh, looking at the uh, the list ahead of us as well, there's plenty of big names to, uh, to get excited about in the Northern Football Netball League this year. Yeah, it should be another massive year of NFNL. Thanks for having me here, Samuel. I'm actually really excited that I can still be a part of uh, of the Northern Footy League, Northern Football Netball League in some way here with this podcast because I won't be able to call as many games as I had in the past, but it's great that this podcast has started. So just to give all the listeners an idea of what this show will be about, it'll, as we say, run weekly throughout the year and we'll basically look at everything that's happening around the Northern Football Netball League as well, as you say, from the football field and the netball courts. Obviously, there's, the competition just keeps growing and growing. We've got our biggest uh, or highest number of senior men's football teams that we've had certainly in, in the past uh, decade with the inclusion this year of old Eltham Collegians. It means there's 10 teams competing in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 and then eight, eight, 9 in each of A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 and Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 from a senior women's point of view. Um, the competition will it kicks off with a staggered start this weekend. Two games in action uh, starting on Friday night between Altham and St Mary's. Uh, that's at Altham Central Park from 7pm. And then on Saturday, West Preston Lakeside unfurls its premiership flag against Diamond Creek Women's 1. But the first four rounds to be graded this year, uh, we're going to have a record 22 teams entering a, a senior women's team this year. Not a bad effort in just the third year of competition. Those 22 teams uh, coming from 17 clubs. VU Western Spurs again leading the way. They've got three sides uh, competing this year. Uh, each of Darabin, Diamond Creek Women's and Montmorency will have two sides. And we also welcome the newcomers to the competition in Heidelberg, Hurstbridge, Reservoir and Wallen. We are sure that uh, they'll enjoy a great season on the field. So first four rounds graded the fixtures to be uh, brought out uh, in the week leading into e each round. And the same is going to happen on the netball court as well. We just finished a, a fantastic winter season, which culminated with five grand finals being held at Parade College uh, last Friday. So congratulations to the Fitzroy Stars, who won in Section 1. They were 39, defeated St Mary's 29. Um, in Division in Section 2, rather, Bandura uh, had a, an overtime win against Kilmore 1. Uh, in Section 3, it was Montmorency getting the, uh, the Premiership with a win over Hurstbridge by 16 goals. In Section 4... Heidelberg West claims some silverware, beating Heat 2 by 23 goals. And in Section 5, Montmorency 2-25 was defeated by Whittlesey. 
29. So the Eagles with a come from behind win there. So that action finished off on Friday, but it's straight back into it this week as well uh, with the summer competition starting up. So uh, as per the senior women's competition in the football, that's going to start with grading. So we'll have a look at that uh, right throughout the year. The first four rounds, obviously, we're just getting a gauge as to what's happening there before the sides break into 12 sections. So as the season unfolds, we'll certainly bring you plenty from the netball courts as well. To start things off is just to get an idea as to what's been happening over the off-season. And uh, I was joined a few moments ago by NFNL Football Operations Manager Simon Devine. Simon, thanks for joining us on our inaugural episode. How's the off-season been, mate, ahead of what looks to be a pretty busy season? Yeah, the off-season's been pretty good, Samuel. Uh, you know, we've uh, all been working pretty hard behind the scenes to make sure we're up and ready and uh, looking forward to round one to kick off. Looks like we've got growth right across the league this year, obviously, in both of our senior and, and junior competition. Uh, new side, obviously, in Eltham Collegians taking the field on Saturday when they take on Panton Hill from a junior front. It uh, looks like we're beating last year's record numbers as well. Um, must be thrilled with the, the rise in participation going into the new year. Yeah, we are, and, and probably also across that senior arm, as you're saying, uh, the women's growth as well has been quite constant, as everyone's known over the last couple of years, but now to have a, a bit of natural growth in the senior aspect with Eltham Collegians and uh, also with uh, the juniors, um, boys and girls, um, you know, we've always, again, seen a sharp rise in girls' football, but uh, it's starting to taper off, which we knew it would, and, and all of a sudden the boys are starting to get back into the game too, so we're really looking forward to the what, uh, what's to come there? With Old Altham coming in, obviously the decision's now been made that there'll be no relegation from 2nd Division A plus Labor Solutions Division 2. They obviously come in into Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, but we've got a current situation where there's 10 sides in the top flight, 9 in the 2nd Division and 9 in the 3rd Division. Looking ahead to 2020, albeit that's still well down the, yep. down the line, but obviously with not having a side relegated from 2nd Division this year, looking to, to stabilise that, that second competition, which will have 10 sides next year. Yeah, 10, 10 and 8, and I think a lot of people probably remember a couple of years ago when there was only 7 teams in that uh, Division 2 competition, which uh, made it quite difficult for, for the clubs as well as us in relation to fixturing, so uh, we're excited to consolidate. Division 1 obviously has always been there, but now Division 2, and, and then, you know, again, we know there's a high growth coming through our Northern Corridor, and, you know, there could be more teams come out of the fold uh, in in the future. In terms of our under-19s competition, that was graded last year in the first four rounds. We're continuing that this year. Obviously, good to have really good numbers. I think it's six sides more than we had only three years ago yep. that we're coming up to as well. So, obviously, looking to, to continue that trend, grading seemed to be a success last year when you look at how the, the competition structure ended up and, and a pretty close top five in, in Division 1 and giving opportunities to sides in second division. But you obviously must have been happy with how that worked out to, to do it again this year. Yeah, we were. And, and I think the other thing is, whilst we did the grading last year, it was actually just about Division 1. So there was no teams that were looking at in Division 2 to be promoted to Division 1. Uh, this year, grading is across both divisions. So there could be movement from the bottom up and it could be movement from the top down. So I think we've had about 11 nominate for Division 1. Um, there's obviously two clubs that have two teams in Greens and Eltham, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, unfolds in the um, in the grading rounds, um, and we're very happy with the results from last year. As you said, a bit more competitive balance, which because it's an age-based competition, it's something we need to continue to be mindful of. Although it'd be great for everyone to have, as we know, the traditional 19s reserve seniors at every venue against the same opposition. Um, you know, if the kids are turning around and getting smacked by 120 points each week, uh, they're not going to hang around for too long. So if the clubs are actually on board too, which is fantastic. With the, our senior women's competition, it will be three competitions, but they're following the trend of what we did with the under-19s last year, and they're graded, so the first four rounds, 
every side, all 22 teams in the one competition, so to speak. Just the rationale behind doing that in 20, uh, 2019. Yeah, so it's the same principle, I think, as the under-19s. The fact that the women's competition is a highly unknown competition. I think we've got five or six brand-new teams, um, uh, and we need to get a level on them because some of the ki- some of the players have been playing under-18 or under-17, under-16 uh, women's football or girls' football, and therefore they're potentially at a better level than a team that's just created out of people that wanted to play so we've got to be mindful of that so this grading process will allow us to uh, put them in their um, position of where they should be uh, with obviously the hope of having eight teams in division one that's sort of our aim uh, and again if we get there fantastic uh, if not we'll manage it but we're hopefully getting eight in division one and then the remaining uh, 14 spread out over the last two divisions yeah so VU Western Spurs again leading the way they've got three sides competing in the uh, women's competition this year and as you say some some new blood as well great to see Heidelberg having a side for the first time Hurstbridge Reservoir yep. and Wallen as well so they're all part of the fixture that of course uh, does start this week on Friday night there's a, the standalone game between Altham and St Mary's and we've got a Saturday game between West Preston Lakeside and Diamond Creek Women's and then go fast forward to, to next weekend where the remainder of the sides play their Division 1. So that's uh, really get, not, not far away now when we look forward no. to, to Friday night. And I think the other thing with that similar as well is the fact that uh, quite now we've got our homegrown women's teams coming up. You know, We've only got Bendigo uh, and VU Spurs who essentially don't have a home, who, who will remain with us. So Bendigo is the only non-Northern Football Netball League team, to, a club to have a team in our competition, which is great to see that we've got a lot of homegrown football now. It's certainly come a long way in, in a short space of time. Uh, we look uh, ahead to May 18. I know that's not, well, it doesn't feel like it's too close, but it will come upon us pretty quickly. We've got a massive day of, of representative football. We travel down the, the Princess uh, Highway to take on the Geelong Football Netball League. Obviously, yep. we know that it's been well documented. Our senior men's football teams competing for the number one ranking on the AFL Victoria Community Championships ranking spot, um, taking on a, a, the GFNL. Um, like that game to be played at Queen's Park out in Geelong. We know that we'll also have a, a senior women's game as well this year. So they obviously had their inaugural game last year, went down by a point, mm-hmm. and we'll also have two netball games as well. So we don't have the under-19s football this year, but yep. from a football front, having the senior men's and women's, how's the preparations tracking ahead of that game on May 18th? Yeah, it's going very well so far. I mean, uh, Gary Rams is obviously very proactive and, and the interest he's able to generate at that level is uh, fantastic and so he's touched base with those players that he said and um, you know he was very open about this from the very beginning it was a reward for effort for those players that wanted to play the last couple of years under him and so he's been in contact with those players and starting to put together a list um, and no doubt we'll publish that list shortly and and there'll be a few top up players obviously to to go in that Uh, with the women's again we're probably in a similar position whereby you know we, we don't know what's out there because of the so much new team and new talent coming into the competition so we will invite back those that were part of the team last year that are still in our competition um, and then we'll obviously put a call out to clubs um, shortly but uh, both Gary and uh, Caroline are absolutely excited for the prospect of what's going to happen uh, over the next sort of three or four months uh, and then yeah hopefully come away with two wins and uh, especially with Caroline I think she's thinking a bit of a redemption for that one point loss in extra time. Yeah it still burns doesn't it? Uh, in terms of our football competition at a senior level there's some, some new rule changes we're sweeping across the, the league in fact that have 
that are going to come in. It's been, again, well documented, some of those are new rules, some of those different interpretations as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of work's gone into, I guess, t- teaching the clubs up. I know the coaches' night, the, you know, Martin Ellis, our director of umpiring, addressed the audience, and, and so too did uh, one of the AFL umpires mm-hmm. as well, Matthew Nichols. But we also, um, obviously, as well as documentation that goes out to clubs, Marty's also addressed everyone at the season launch as well. But has there been any feedback at this stage or in, in terms of what you're expecting those rule changes to, to bring to our game? Yeah, I think most people, I mean, again, the fact that it's on the, the, the screen now, um, you know, I've been a couple of rounds in for the AFL as well. Most people are understanding exactly what it is. And uh, I think for us, the communication started way back last year in November, December, when the changes occurred. And we shared with the clubs what we were thinking and, and where we're thinking we're heading. And there's a couple of the rules which we've discussed, which we had no intention of uh, undertaking because we don't think it's an issue at the um, community level. Um, obviously, other leagues have, have thought differently, but uh, a majority of them now I think everyone's across. I think the one and, and even the umpiring department will, um, you know, be trying to manage is that 50 metre um, penalty one, which I think the AFL is still struggling with. So, uh, aside from that, I think all the others are pretty easy and, and pretty, uh, um, you know, everyone has the ability to understand them. But uh, yeah, that 50 metre one, that'll be very interesting. I know, Samuel, if I was on the mark, I'd be running off it. So, somebody else a bit faster could be uh, standing on it because they'll run straight past me. Might make two of us, I think. So j- just to, to recap, though, so obviously the changes to the kick-in rule where we're going in line with the AFL ruling, which has been, as we say, well well documented throughout the last couple of weeks and probably months, to be perfectly honest. Um, the rule about the man on the mark, when a, when a mark's taken inside defensive 50 yep. by a defender or within de- defensive nine metres, we should say, yep. the attacking um, or the, the side that's in attack, so to speak, their man on the mark comes back to be to in line with the goal square. Yep. Um, um, also, the 50-meter penalty, which you, which you just spoke about then. There's the new ruling in terms of a player having a shot for goal after a siren sounded, where they've got a bit more scope to, to come around, albeit there is a... It's still a pretty strict Still need rule. to kick it straight over the man on the mark, but they can come from that angle, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And then, obviously, the ruck contest, the, the prior opportunity as well, it's, which uh, becomes a rule that is what was used in play, but yeah. the ruck will now have a bit more leniency to, to grab the ball out of the ruck. For those who aren't aware of the rules, do head to the NFNL website. Clubs have been well advised as yeah. well. And, and the two that, I guess, that we aren't taking on, which is... Of most significance is the six-six-six uh, starting position, and also the I guess the, the ban, not so much the ban on runners, but certainly the, the stricter rules on runners yeah, being correct. at the ground. Where in the AFL they can only be out during uh, after a goal has been kicked. Whereas yep. we we continue with the same rule that we've had in, in previous seasons. That's right, and then obviously the premise around that is the six-six-six. From our uh, there's a twofold is again congestion. We don't believe is a major issue in community football, but but also the administration of that from an umpiring perspective. You know we need to think not just about senior football, but also about under nineteen football, women's football, under 10s, under 11s. So for one umpire to try and manage that uh, is probably unmanageable. So that's why uh, part of that reason is that as well. And um, I think the other one in relation to the runners, we're very aware that it's about education. So, you know, if uh, the runners are out there to provide education, we have mechanisms in place if somebody's doing the wrong thing, which uh, clubs are well aware of. And one final one from a junior front. Obviously, we know that the competition begins this weekend. The way Easter falls this weekend's made a problem sure hard for, or this year rather, it makes it hard for you from a fixturing point of view with school holidays and Easter so early in, in the season. So yep. begin this weekend. From the representative front, we know we had such a successful year last year at the AFL Vic Metro Junior Championships, our under-14 Division 1 side winning the title and also our under-15 girls, the Division 1 side, making a third straight grand final. How's that all looking? Obviously, now we've got a, a new uh, program director, so to speak, yep. or a coordinator in, in yep. Rick Legasic. How's it been over the summer months as those junior players uh, 
I guess push their case for selection in this year's representative. Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been quite intense, Samuel, as you said, with uh, uh, the appointment of Rick Legasic to oversee the program, and he's also uh, ably supported by Lisa Kankampar in in relation to the administration side of things too. Um, but you know they've actually I think uh, managed their squads down to about sixty five players. Obviously they've got to get to fifty two. There'll be a couple of unlucky kids that uh, that miss out. But um, you know we obviously have constant communication with the coaches, um, and uh, the feeling is really good. I mean the coaches are out there watching games of football even the the practice matches that are held on the weekend there was a number of coaches watching practice matches that are involved in those squads so uh, all the kids that are involved in that program are getting watched um, whether they know it or not Um, and the best thing is uh, at the end of the day uh, whilst it's great to have those results of um, wins and winning the cup and and AFL Victoria's changed the method now there is no grand finals it's just three games all the way through essentially part of a development program for us as an organization it's about sending those kids back to their clubs better players to hopefully lift lift the standard internally so then when you go out on a weekend it could almost be like a representative match each weekend so um, I think our coaches understand their role in that um, and you know for us as an organisation we want to make sure we continue that as well. Well Simon we appreciate your time we know it's a a very busy week as the football competition starts again uh, beginning this Saturday or this Friday night I should say with multiple games there's a senior men's game between Northcote Park and Bundura an under 19's game and also the senior women's game as we mentioned just a few moments ago at, at from Central Park so we appreciate your time best of luck for the season ahead and I'm sure we'll catch up throughout the year to just uh, talk about whatever's going on around the Northern Football Netball League Perfect, thanks Samuel So that was NFNL Football Operations Manager Simon Devine Guys, we're going to have a look at each of our senior men's football competitions and and give a a preview we know as we said from the outset the women's competition uh, from the football side of things is uh, starting this weekend albeit it's a a split competition we'll look in a bit more depth next week once once the majority games are about to be played but if we can start our look at Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 we've been blessed with how dynamic the competition's been in recent seasons the last the past five premieres have all been different clubs. No side's gone back-to-back since Holderberg did the four-peat, finishing off in, in 2009. So we know how hard they are to to defend, and I don't think this year's any different, given by, by how even the competition once again looks. And before we take a look at the competition as a whole, looking at 2019, what better way than to have a chat to the coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Club, Rob Majorana. Rob, welcome to the NFNL podcast. Obviously, it's been a, a massive, probably 12 months of your club, culminated by last year's premiership win. How's it all been over the past six months as you prepare to defend your title? Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. Yeah, no, it's, um, it was a big achievement last year by the club, but uh, quite quickly back into training and preparing and planning and, and trying to improve. So the uh, the off-season filled with hard, hard work, um, but... Yeah, mighty proud of what the the boys in the club were able to achieve in 2018. It's obviously, I mean, any premiership win is, is just so hard to attain, but uh, as you often hear in, in AFL circles and, and right back to local level, it's it's even harder to then defend the title. How much work has to now go in uh, to the preparation, knowing that there's nine other sides out there to, to take your mantle? Yeah, it is It is a challenge. Um, we're obviously uh, going to have sides uh, come after us or at least put a fair bit of time into us, but the, the competition's so even. You really need a little bit of fortune and luck, that's for sure, um, and, and peak at the right time. Um, but, you know, we've worked hard over the pre-season. We still think there's a lot of improvement and growth in, in, our, in our boys. Um, so it's about executing well, um, 
practicing and getting better at what we do and, and play to our strengths. So, yeah, hell of a lot of time goes into it. Uh, with last year's premiership campaign, obviously uh, from probably that, that midpoint onwards, I mean, if your first nine rounds were, were pretty good, but then you really hit your straps. I think there's only the one loss in, in that back run home. But you say there's obviously improvement there. We really saw that in the back half of the year. And with so many youngsters coming through that side, um, do you think just natural progression will, will get them to, to take the game to another level this year? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I've got full full belief that the um, the boys are, are working hard. Um, there's certainly the talent there. Um, you know, the, the unknown factor is the desire and the will of the boys. But from what I've seen so far, they're well grounded and, and want to get better and, and back up again. And we'll we'll certainly give it our, our best shot. We've got some young boys pushing through. Um, there were you know a handful of guys uh, that were stiff not to play in that grand final team that. Um, you know, will we'll, we'll improve and hopefully work their way in. There were a couple that missed out through injury, so um, it was certainly some more upside, we believe. In terms of, I guess, that grand final side and now looking ahead to, to round one, which is only a few days away, I mean, how many changes would you would you predict potentially could uh, could be facing the side uh, heading into round one? Yeah, there's a number of factors that I'm affecting that. One is uh, injuries uh, with, with availability, round one. Uh, then we have VFL selection. Sometimes that can come into it. Um, and then just form and, and blokes that have worked their way in and pushed, pushed past other players. So the, the fight for spots and the depth is certainly good. Um, and that drives standards. Uh, but we could have up to five or six changes, I'd imagine, between the grand final side and round one. You, you talk about VFL selection. Obviously, um, Matt Signorello comes back from, from Adelaide and I understand he's obviously listed with Port Melbourne. Um, you know, a few of the youngsters as well, Federico, um, also McVeigh and, and Glover now with North Melbourne and, and Collingwood respectively. I mean, is that just, as you say, a waiting process or do you have some idea as to which ones are more likely to play VFL and, and which ones you're more likely to see back at West Preston Lakeside? Yeah, you have you have an idea, but you just never know because um, you know depending on what happens at a higher level with AFL and injuries and, and health, um, that opens up opportunities, etc. So, yeah, you have an idea, but that that could change from week to week. So, uh, we're fully supportive of those boys uh, pursuing their dreams and wanting to improve themselves and, and play at AFL level. Um, I think that's great for them. Um, the good thing out of the successful year that we had last year was was that. You know, there was some interest shown in some boys, which I think is a great advertisement for the NFNL um, with the, the quality and the talent that we have with the, the young kids coming through. In terms of the competition around you, it, it just seems like a, a, such a, a massive year. I guess there's been so much change at, at some of the other contenders. How, how much insight do you take into what, what is happening around you with other clubs? Uh, you certainly keep an eye on it to see how, how they're progressing and what they're up to, but uh, my, my primary focus is on, on our group and um, building the list and developing people within it um, but yeah you keep not what they're doing and it's certainly going to be another another even year last year was unbelievably even where any team could beat any any team on, on any other team on their given day if you're off five percent your best you, you're, you're vulnerable and I, I think that's only going to exacerbate in 2019 uh, given what I've seen with, uh, with recruitment and other changes Round one, Heidelberg at home. You obviously get the the opportunity to to unveil that that premiership flag in in front of what's hopefully a, a pretty big crowd. Um, I mean, it's it's an interesting one when when you come through a preseason where there's so much focus, obviously, on the year ahead. But how much individual focus goes into just that that first game and, and trying to get everything right so that you're peaking right at round one? Yeah, well, that's what uh, that's all we're focused on at the moment is round one and, and picking our best side uh, to try and topple Heidelberg. So. Um, yeah, a fair bit of planning goes into that first round to get off to a good start. But it is a long year. Um, 
it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but getting off to a, a good start is obviously helpful. But Hotterbury are a good side. They're the only team that we didn't defeat in 2018. So we've uh, got a lot of respect for, for Hotterbury Footy Club and, um, and the work that Frank and the crew down there are doing. Well, uh, we really appreciate your time uh, in joining us in the, in the podcast and we wish you all the best in your pursuits for, for going back-to-back in, in 2019. Really appreciate your time, Rob. Thanks, Sam. Great to hear there from Rob Majorano. Obviously, it's a massive challenge, as, as he mentioned, to, to go back-to-back. Obviously, the, the side's looking at getting some natural improvement from within. I think the interesting thing out of that is how they actually go about juggling VFL-listed players issue with you know Sam Glover and Liam McVeigh. As he's saying, it's a great advertisement for the Northern Football Netball League that our players who are playing in the league are also being looked at by higher you know, your club playing in higher, higher competitions as well, but also some of the, the players coming into the side uh, with... You know, being VFL listed as well, but West Preston Lakeside won't be the only side that has to contend with that in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 this year. So many high-profile recruits coming into the league, many of which are also committing to, to VFL clubs as well, so it's going to be really interesting, boys, as we try to, to take a look at what potentially might be in First off, guys, we look at just some of the, the leading contenders from last year. Well, obviously, we just heard from Rob Mayorana there with West Preston Lakes, so, but the likes of McLeod, Bundura, Greensboro, North Heidelberg all played finals. They've got some significant list changes this year. First off, just looking at Bundura, so many players from that side that we've become accustomed to seeing on a week-in, week-out basis aren't going to be there this year. Um, plenty of change, and, and McLeod probably in the same boat as well. Yeah, they've lost half of their first first pick team from last year. You look at uh, the likes of Josh Grabowski, Ricky Dyson, Liam Byrne, uh, Peter Hood, Joey Palazzolo. They've been superstars uh, for the Bulls for a long period of time and now they're all gone. So it's going to be a real refresh down there at the Bulls and it's it, tough to recover from that hit to your first team but it's going to be interesting a new coach obviously as well Andrew Sturge is very um, very thorough very enthusiastic about the role as well so I think he's, he's a great acquisition we know that he's obviously been at the club last year uh, in, in a in an on-field role, obviously, as, as a player, but also helping out behind the scenes as well. He helped out with Coburg too, so brings a lot of knowledge to, to the club. But um, yeah, how, how do they go about gelling? There's some, some good names coming in. Luke Collins, uh, Matty Evans as well. Um, Ray Connellan, who's, uh, or Connellan, who's on St Kilda's list last year. Daniel Venditti is a massive one coming across as well. Three-time Coburg, best and fairest. But how they gel is going to be quite interesting because yeah. some great names coming in, but the names going out, as you say, are, you know, well regarded around the bull ring at, at Yulong Reserve. Well, as far as we know anyway from the players that we're familiar with in the outs it feels like it's the main creative core of that Bundura team that has um, that has departed so it's not I feel like it's not as they haven't lost evenly across the park it's it's the main playmakers in that team you've got the two Grabowski boys um, and, and Liam Byrne who are, who are so good in the contest and then getting the ball inside 52 um, I'm sure there's a, a whole heap of players that Andrew Sturgis has brought in that can fit into those roles. There's a lot of players that we're not all that familiar with. They come from other leagues or come from interstate, so it's going to be a learning process for everybody. But um, from what we do know, as you said, Samuel, there are a couple in there that that can go straight into that side. But it is it is a matter of, of chemistry because Bandura, they're the perennial finalists. They haven't missed a final series in, in goodness knows how long in Division 1. Since 2000. Yeah, so it's almost almost 20 years that they haven't missed a finals. It is going to be at the start of the season, just that, that gelling process, that chemistry. Yeah, you lose a big chunk of your on-ball division there with Palazzolo and Byrne, who are your in-and-under boys, and then uh, Grabowski and Peter Hood are 
you know, creative geniuses mm. on the outside. So you, you lose those guys as well. And then Guccione and uh, Dale Marshall possibly at Essendon VFL for parts yeah, of the year as well. So that, that, that's a big one as well. So there's, there's a bit of work to do there at the Bulls to contend this year, but they are a great club. The one that's probably... Yeah, equally significant is, is McLeod because there's a coaching change. Obviously, Gary Ramsey's gotten that club to the past four grand finals. Uh, premiers in 2015, runners-up the past three years. Is the hunger still there? I spoke to the new coach, Christian Stagliano, a couple of weeks ago. There was a web, uh, an article on the NFNL website, and he said that that's what's impressed him the most, the fact that they've come back mentally they're, they're ready to go and, and ready to, to, to really challenge a game this year, which it's so easy to fall away after losing three grand finals in a row, but uh, he said that they've come out and are really prepared to, to have a crack once again. Gary Ramsey going out, Christian Stagliano coming in, that alone, and then the sum of the, the squad changes, it almost it's a, it's a marker down for a new generation in Divi. Yeah, and I don't think it's a situation where Stagliano comes in and, and it's Gary Ramsey's side. This has clearly got a yeah. different look about it. So you look at, I mean, first off with the outs, Jack Langford's gone over to Banyol, Ned McEwen, North Albury, um, don't, I don't think they'll have Lawrence Schubert and Joel Kidd this year. Um, ben Lennon, we know, was, was there for, for one year last year. won't continue. But some of these ins are significant. And it's it's interesting because we're not accustomed to some of these, to most of these players. A lot of coming up, uh, coming down from um, from Queensland to, and applying their trade also at Coburg as well. So the, the query is going to be whether they're available week in, week out. But given that most of them are at the same club, it probably works in McLeod's favour as to whether they all get a game. But just some of the ones to keep an eye on, Jack Bay, a, a defender from uh, who's played at Canberra in the Neeful. Uh, Mohamed Saad from, from West Coburg is at Co- at, also at Coburg. Adam uh, Swizbalik, I think is the correct pronunciation. That's going to be a hard one to get out throughout the, the course of the year. But uh, a, yeah, a, 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 t- a tool that can really take the mantle of, of potentially number one Ruckman if you can uh, if they do get access to him. Harry Simington is, uh, has come across from Labrador and Brodie Foster at Surface Paradise. I mean, if you look at their, their playing backgrounds, significant ins there. The query is going to be as to how often they get access to these players. Yeah, I, and I think the, the key thing with McLeod this year, it's I, I think it's a, a good thing for them that they've got Christian Stagliano in here for a, a bit of a different voice, a bit of a refresh. This playing group knows that they're still good enough to be the best team in Division 1, Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 this year. They That, that list is fantastic. They're an outstanding group. And I... They probably get the same messaging in the last couple of years from Gary as, as he was uh, finishing up his time at McLeod. So and I think um, it's a different style of character, uh, Christian Stagliano, would bring a real heart and edge that that group probably needs to, to go into this year. Yeah, coached or has done development work with uh, the Collingwood Footy Club, also helped out with Rodney Ead at the Gold Coast Suns as well. So coming from you know, some, some pretty impressive roles. I think that's the point as well, Tom. Even if they don't get access to these VFL players, the players that you mentioned from, from the outset as well are still dominant players in the competition that can compete against everyone else. So I don't think it's a case that they need these VFL players to absolutely dominate the competition again. But when you look at the names who have done it for so long, the the Painters, Whites, Hobbs, I mean, they've got some genuine star quality through that side regardless of some of the players have lost obviously Langford and McEwen the, the two that have been there for the longest period of time it's a it's a strange or it's a I think it's going to be fascinating because Gary Ramsey was was a great unifier of the players and, and the team I almost liken them to a brotherhood because they were they almost were like brothers the entire squad they most of them sort of grew up together played junior footy together um, so now you get that sort of breaks up a little bit but it's it, it might need to be 
broken up for good reason because this McLeod team is frustrated. That They're frustrated that they haven't won more flags than they should have. And last season was another one of those. You saw how how their heads dropped at full time, as any team would. You know, you lose a grand final, but McLeod especially because they've been the dominant team over the last four years and only have one flag to show for it. I mean, I know there's all that McLeod list, uh, you know, that they think they've got unfinished business to take care of this season, but maybe a new coach and some new players is what they need to go that extra step. So, you know, I think, you know, we're all sort of looking at McLeod going, oh, it's, it's you know, the, the team, that great team of the last four years has been broken up. They're not there anymore, but maybe this is actually a good thing. They've still got a bit to give, I reckon. Yeah. Some of the other key signings around the, the competition have, have come into both the Greensboro Football Club and also North Heidelberg. Greensboro have obviously signed Tom Bell, which made you know, massive uh, waves across the, the competition, uh, but they've also brought in the likes of Ben Fennell from Montmorency. Obviously, he's been a star player in the competition for, for many years. Uh, Damon Markons crossed from the Epping Football Club. Uh, Liam Reed's a, a young ruckman coming in from Riddle, and just two others to keep an eye on too. Jordan McIver-Clark, who's uh, a VFL-listed player, last uh, played at... I guess at local level with Avondale Heights and, and Mitch uh, Widham as well. But also, while we talk of Greensboro, I mean, North Heidelberg, some of their ends are, are just as significant as well. Uh, Shane Biggs, obviously Western Bulldogs premiership player back in 2016. He's uh, come straight out of the AFL into to local footy as well. Shane Biggs, uh, never forget. Yeah, oh, yeah well, exactly right, coming from the Swan supporter in the group. <laughs> Daniel Harris, uh, obviously one of... Their new coach, Brent Harvey, one of his, say, his former teammates at North Melbourne. Uh, just some of the other names, uh, Jacob Sincock, who's come over from uh, previously playing on the Sydney Reserves uh, team. Um, Jack Mapleson, uh, also bringing back Narby Kelly. And, and Nick Dodge is one to keep an eye on as well, uh, coming off a knee reconstruction. But those two sides in particular seem to have really picked up quite well. We're not sure with North Heidelberg because we know that Jesse Tardio, Jai Baddeley Kelly and, and also Liam Hunt have been VFL listed at, at Williamstown as to their availability. But you look at the, the ends of those two sides and given they've finished third, or third for North Heidelberg, fifth for Greensboro, hard to see them not challenging this year. Yeah, not sure how that... Uh, it's going to be new look North Heidelberg midfield if, uh, if those three players you mentioned do play a lot of VFL this season. But... Tommy, I really like Greensboro. I mean, they've only brought in six players, but they're six damn good players. And this team, I think Greensboro, for me, not to put too much pressure, but they're my early favourites this season. Yeah, they should be should be terrific, Greensboro. They've got a uh, great developing group and they've been evolving over the last couple of years. And it's probably really good timing to bring in those sort of big-name recruits. I think Tom Bell's going to obviously add a lot to, to their side. Uh, ben Fennell's one of the class players in the competition. Damon Markins, a, a, he's a lively uh, small forward. So there, there's some really handy talent coming to that Greensboro lineup, which, which is already really settled. So they'll be solid. And in terms of losses, I mean, Billy Murphy's a significant one. He's going up and playing in the NEFA with He was a fun Aspley. player to watch. Great to watch. I think from a, <laughs> a, a fan's point of view, it's a shame because yeah. he's an excitement machine. But lose him believe they'll lose Tristan Stead midway through the year as well for work commitments, but um, certainly the players they've brought in there, they're going to bolster their midfield eventually if they can get them all on, on, on the park at the same time. Two sides who uh, we've, we'll also keep an eye on, probably three to be to be perfectly honest, because they're, they're the three that were in the three places just outside the top five last year uh, were obviously the Heidelberg Football Club, Montmorency Football Club and, and Northcote Park as well. Northcote Park, massive in there, bringing in Jackson Stasevich full-time. They've done pretty well on the recruiting front, uh, bringing in, uh, first off, Kyle Galloway, who comes from Caroline Springs but has previously been on the Sydney 
uh, Sydney list a, a big ruckman there. Um, Charles Lafanu and, and Hugo Bricky as well coming in from, from WA. Get Damien Galafaro back. So there's some, some good ins there. And, and from a Heidelberg point of view, some handy ones with Jack Blair crossing from Collingwood VFL and also Anthony Bonadier returning to footy. Two to look out for there at, at Tom Schnering and also Matt Schnering. Tom listed at Williamstown, but two, uh, if they can get on the field more often than not, that they'll, I think, do some, some serious damage. to it. And, and then also Montmorency. Well, the key changes to the coach, obviously Gary Ramsey coming in, replacing Ben Haynes. They've lost some serious talent, though. Luke Collins has crossed to Bandura, Ben Fennell to Greensboro, and Jake Potter's gone back to South Morang. Lose a ruckman in, in Joel McClellan, who's been their number one ruckman for the best part of five years. He goes to Panton Hill. And uh, and also the other one that uh, is Tyron Leonardis, who only played a handful of games, but he's crossed over to Watsonia. Inns, Jai Robinson, the key one. Also get back Billy Jenkins. But those three were just outside the top five last year. Do we have those sides pushing into potentially being a finalist this year, or do you think they've still got uh, some work to do to catch up to those five sides that were above them last year? Well, if we go at them one by one, Montmorency bring in Gary, the master coach. He's a terrific uh, person for for that club to have. Uh, Whether their list is at the level um, that's going to be able to compete He's bullish. I mean, for finals. I know he did say that he thinks that they've got enough top-end talent to, to be a, a top side in the competition, but is there, is there depth there? Yeah, well, you've, you've got to aim high, of course, especially a new coach coming into a new environment. You do have to aim high, but that, that's the question, is the depth there. But Paddy Fitzgerald's a superstar. Um, jo- uh, Jesse Donaldson, he, he's fantastic. Ben Kennedy, not sure how much footy he's going to yeah, play this well, year. Yeah, signed by Williamstown. I'd, yeah. I'd expect him to play most of his footy there, given how dominant he was here, and obviously a player who's played you know, AFL footy as well recently. And, I and think Williamstown would see a lot of him. And that makes things a little bit tougher when you've got three or four players from that top bracket of, of players from Monty who are leaving this season. Fennell, Leonidas, McClellan, and then, and then Kennedy, not sure. Collins, probably just in that second bracket of players at Monty. It's going to make things difficult. Yeah, Stephen McCallum, another great player in there. So there's those senior leaders that are there. So their top end's terrific, but whether, um, whether their bottom end can come up to the level yeah. quickly to be able to compete with sides like West Preston and McLeod and Greensboro, that's a big question. So I'm sensing from, from that, we're feeling that Heidelberg and Northcote, we'd have them above potentially Montmorency in yeah, terms of a side that could push in. It'll be frustrating from, from Monty's point of view because they've, they've been a team who have just been on the fringe for a little while and they've always hovered around 6th and 8th and I feel like that might be their, their spot again this year but it won't be like that for that long. But you're right, I do have, I think Heidelberg... They're going to be right on the edge of finals, I think. Such Not, a young side last yeah. year. They, they, yeah. they probably overachieved in a way, given how young they were. Their best and fairest one is Lockie Wilson, who could play under-19s footy. They brought in so many youngsters as well. Ketchum was, was fantastic as, as well. Um, yeah, they're a side that, with natural progression, they could they could be anything. Yeah, they're still in transition. There's still a big change in the guard as the youngsters come yeah. through there. Uh, quick congratulations to Ben Crosgriff, Callum Lewis and Matt Pianto. have been great players for that club for a long time and not going to be there um, this year. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's interesting where Heidelberg's at because you're not quite sure how far the elite young players have come along yet. We'll probably see in the early rounds where they're at. Northcote Park, the third of those teams that you mentioned, I've got them in the finals. Like and I think I think they'll go a, a pretty decent way actually this season. Inconsistency in terms of their playing squad has been their biggest uh, Achilles heel over the last few years. They've always had that handful of VFL players who are always in and out of the team. Um, I think most of the time, without knowing the actual numbers, I feel like Northcote Park have been the side that used the most players um, in their senior team in terms of you know players used, number of players used throughout the uh, the 18 rounds. I don't feel like that'll be the case this year. I think there's a more 
a more rested team that they can just rely on yeah. every week. Don't they're not relying on VFL list the talent now yeah. because Sarsovic is there full time. You know, close has work commitments with with Collingwood, but um, in the past, you know, looking back to when there was Colopy was there, and and obviously Marty Hoare is now playing for for Melbourne in the AFL as well. So um, don't have that to probably rely upon. Two sides. I mean, we obviously we haven't discussed West Preston. We obviously had the chat with um, Rob Mayrana, so we'll get to them in, in a few moments' time. But I want to talk about Hurstbridge and Lowell Plenty. Hurstbridge obviously finishing ninth and the last side to, I guess, book their spot for the 2019 season uh, in, in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 uh, with that last round win over uh, the Whittlesea Football Club. And then obviously the, the newcomers being Lowell Plenty, who famously won last year's A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 Grand Final. Where do we see these two sides fitting in? Do know Hurstbridge uh, have won their, their three practice games so far, had a good win over Banyul in the most recent one. But where do we see these two sides in, in 2019? It'd be a shame to not see the, uh, the two Grimes boys going around. Tom Grimes, despite his injury troubles, was always a great servant of Hurstbridge, but he's off to Warrandyte with, with brother Jack and Travis Cloak. His uh, sort of half-season stay last year won't carry on this season, but um, even with those players going out, Sean Jelly as well, the former captain, um, only the three wins last year. I mean, I don't think... Yes, it will. It, you know they're great quality players. We're not going to see them, but they probably needed a change anyway. Hurstbridge, they're a team who we who we always rate highly, but never quite live up to that that expectation. Well, I think it's because of their first year coming in. They won those five games and were so competitive that we expected that to more than continue last year because they brought in those those higher profile players. It didn't quite work out, but yeah. you look at some of them. They're still going to get great service out of them going into this year. Ryan Jackson, Dan Keenan, two a couple of ins this year, in particular for mine is. Bailey Jordan, centre-half yep. forward in the A-plus yep. Labor Solutions, Div 2 side last year, team of the year, and, and also Jack Furlong coming back in as well. So some significant ones there, and a lot of a Bandura feel about them. Obviously, coached now by Jared Tilly, who obviously has played at the club. Uh, ben Shelton, part of the coaching structure, and obviously we know that the influence of uh, Braden Shaw still on the field as well. The one for them is Tom Simpson. Is He's actually listed by uh, Coburg this year. They from a Hurstbridge point of view, they want to have him on the field as, as often as possible. Yeah, I, I actually, I really like what Hurstbridge has done here. They've taken the risk, because it didn't work last year, those big um, big name players that they, they brought in, um, those senior senior players that didn't quite uh, click the way they would have wanted to. So they've sort of reverted back to bringing in a bit younger and mid-age talent. Uh, as you said, Bailey Jordan's an, he's going to be a superstar of the competition, and, or if he's not already. And a, and a former junior player of the club as well coming in. Yep. Uh, James Mellorick, he's a talented midfielder from South Morang. Jack Furlong, we've seen he's a pretty versatile player for Bundura. So those these middle-age uh, to, to younger sort of players, they're trying to regenerate that way. I, I think it bodes well for the future, turning over the list to a bit of a middle, younger yeah, age. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, group. We, we, it always happens if a side's just avoided relegation, they're going to be talked about in, in those in that situation again going forward. So, um, but they, they've got a point to prove. Lower plenty coming in, Division 2 premiers from last season. A uh, few of the, the older names retiring, Ryan Gray, Dale Nolan, haven't really lost much, haven't really brought much in though. So the team is going to be largely the same as last season. Um, we know that their absolute top end is fantastic. You can almost bet your bottom dollar that Paddy Flynn will come in and just dominate in the ruck and, and be one of the better ones. But um, I don't know whether they can actually take it up to those mid-table sides and pinch a couple of wins off off the the, the front runners. Um, will be will be interesting to see. Well, what they were doing last year is that they've done it for the last couple of years, really, is, is just play the youngsters. And now we're going to see the, the benefit of that because they're going up to higher division. Obviously, they were the underdog going into last year's grand final, but 
you know, just to get there's a great effort, and now they'll have the opportunity to to really prove whether you know these young kids can now take the next step, as you say, the top end talent, you know, Darcy Barden, Tom Keys as well in there. It's it's by far Division One quality, and, and in a way, it, it's a good thing for Lower that they've gone up because you you can't guarantee that you're going to keep all these players if you if they had a stayed in in second division. So we know that Division Two, we're going to talk about that in a few moments' time, is going to be a really even competition this year. They, they've probably come up at the right time, to be perfectly honest. And uh, it's a massive game first up because they'll take on Montmorency in round one. Isn't that one going to have uh, some some? It's a bit on the yeah, line. It's obviously the, the next door neighbours, but there's that added spice with the fact that both sides desperate to start the year with a win, and um, especially you know from a lower plenty point of view, any side that comes up, you just want to get those early wins, not chasing them. And, and guys, um, we've as I said, we've heard from Rob Maran as well, but West Preston Lakes. So just some of the key changes there. Um, obviously, one of the big ones is Mark Kovacevic being there full time. Massive. Matt Signorello joins their list from Adelaide. Um, obviously, he's, he's signed at Port Melbourne as well in the VFL. Uh, Nick Kemp and also Michael Marotta are two players who uh, are VFL listed as well, but very good inclusions. Have lost a bit of depth, though. Uh, two players on the Premiership side which won't go around will be um, Josh Novelli, who's gone to Laylor, and also uh, Matt Balbassus, who's moved to, to New South Wales. But it's um, a bit of depth there through, through the twos as well with some players going to Watsonia. Kovacevic being permanent may be the biggest thing of all in the whole competition at the, at, at, in this offseason. That is just incredible for West Preston Lakeside going into this year. To keep pretty much their whole premiership team and to have Kovacevic going in for the full year is just huge. That's, that's huge for them. Well guys I'm going to put you to the task now. We're uh, going to just try and look at a top five to some description. Won't ask for a premier. So much can happen in the final series but uh, just having a look at, uh, at everything at hand and what's in front of us. Have you come up with a top five for the year ahead? I have. Uh, in fifth place I'm going to go Northgate Park. I really like the look of uh, their tall setup. If they're all on the park together, the likes of Close, Starsvich, Galloway, uh, bringing back Damien Galifaro is a handy one as well. So I think they're, we've, we've seen uh, in the finals at Preston that the big men get it done and they've got some quality big men there. So if they're all on the park uh, this year regularly, I think Northcote will sneak into the five. Uh, North Heidelberg, I think, will go again um, even though they've got a couple of their uh, key midfielders from last year probably playing a bit of VFL this year. They've brought in uh, quality senior players. Shane Biggs and Daniel Harris will fill those roles nicely. And um, that, they've got class all over the park. The Harvey brothers are going to dominate again, you would imagine. Uh, Greensy, as we touched on, they're, they're coming into a, a really good space at the moment. They've brought in uh, quality talent at the where they're at the right time for where their list is at. Uh, I think they'll be in amongst it at third. McLeod, they'll be there again. I've got them in at second, but uh, any any of those, any of these top five sides could win the flag. It is an even yeah. competition. Um, so McLeod, I'm going to have in there again. I think they're ready to go. Um, they've got a bit more left to give the, that group. Uh, at first, I can't go past West Preston Lakeside. Uh, they are the benchmark. They showed in the last quarter and the second half of the grand final last year just how tough and resilient um, a side that they are. And uh, as I said, with Kovacevic being back, that's a massive, massive boost for them as well. Uh, in fifth, I've got North Heidelberg. I think... I'm not quite sure how big the gap will be between the top five and the bottom five, between fifth and sixth even. Um, I've got Heidelberg just missing, so I think that gap might be might be pretty close. North Heidelberg, though, I think just a, a slight drop. I think generally the top five will be pretty close, but if they that midfield group that was probably one of the best midfield groups in in the competition last season, and if you know with um, Jesse Tardio and Jai Badley Kelly, Liam Hunt all play regular VFL, that's going to be a big hit. Uh, they did recruit well, though, North Heidelberg, so that might counterbalance. 
Um, fourth position, I've got Northcote Park. Um, like you, Tommy, I, I really like the, the big players they brought in. Kyle Galloway will be massive for them. Ruckman are, are such a such a vital commodity in, in the NFNL. Every team has a... Has a uh, or most teams have a really top-quality big man, and you need a top-quality Ruckman to be good in this competition because all the Ruckmen seem to be part of that elite group you know, alongside the, the, the smaller midfielders, and Kyle Galloway, I think, can, can fit into that role for Northcote Park. Third, I've got McLeod. Um, it'll only be a slight drop. They won't finish top two, in my opinion, but they'll still be there, and even you know, McLeod have absolutely the ability to win the flag from, from third position. Um, second, I've got West Preston Lakeside. They'll be right up there again. They've managed to hold on to the, to to that the the core group of that Premiership team. They've got some depth as well. They used a lot of players last season, and a lot of those depth players have have stuck around, barring you know maybe five or six who have gone to Watsonia, as you mentioned, Samuel. Um, and then first, I've got Greensboro. I'm buying into the hype of uh, of some of those big name signings. I think they'll be. I think they'll be top of the table this season. That that squad, that Greensboro squad, just looks so well rounded. But I think, yeah, some of those some of those extra players. I've got a Ruckman now too, which is the big one. They haven't had one since uh, really since Michael Hooper went down. Um, Jake McNamara might be back this season yeah, from his injury, like um, which is great for them. So they've got some they've got some big men around the park too. So I think Greensboro. I'm, I'm I'm buying in. I'm buying into the media hype, Samuel. And I like their transfers. There you go. And uh, mine's got a bit of a different look. I've got still Bandura in the five for me. I think the, the players have brought in, if they can gel, uh, I think they, they make it. I think it's a 19th consecutive finals appearance. I've got North Heidelberg at four. I know that the, the players we talked about, potentially the VFL boys going out, it's going to leave a hole. But just looking at some of the backgrounds of the players coming into the side, I've still got North Heidelberg in my uh, top four. I've got West Preston at third. Um, great run to the final series last year. I was certainly, I mean, their, their top-end talent's amazing. But I just worry that if they do lose some of these VFL-listed players and a few of their better reserves players moving to, to other clubs as well, perhaps depth gets tested. But it's all going to depend on how often they see the VFL boys, the, you know, the Glovers, McVeighs and whatnot. And if they see them every week, they'll probably finish higher. I've got Greensboro pushing up to the second spot on the ladder. I think with if they do see Fennell and Bell for the majority of the season, that midfield... Coupled with a, such a strong defence led by Nick Riddle, Dan McClendon if he's fit again, young Croxford's become a really good player and, and Jack Johnston as well. It's going to be the forward line, but I think with a, a midfield like theirs, if they get those players in the park, they'll get enough opportunities forward. And I've still got McLeod at the top. I think they've got that many VFL blokes coming in. I'm thinking that some of them have to play. I think that a lot of them at the same club means that they're going to get access to them. Um, you know, last year they only lost two games in the home and away season. So I think uh, based on that, if as, uh, obviously they have to cover a few of those key players going out. But Matt Dornoff coming in as well has been a good player in our league for, for quite some time. And I think the one that, I mean, I haven't got Northcote Park and Heidelberg, which I've been mentioned in the past. The Cougars for me, the only reason I don't have them there, I think they're top-end talent. I mean, if Close and Starsovich play the majority of the games, good luck stopping them. But just depth for mine for this year. Do they have it? The reserves battled last year, nine to nineteens. Do they have enough coming through? If when you inevitably get injuries and whatnot, and uh, and Heidelberg, I think they're on the right path, and they're they're probably my my bigger watch as to side missing out. Boys, we've had a look at the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 competition. Now time to take a look at A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. 19 competition this year. It means there's four games per weekend and a bye. Uh, the sides coming into the competition, Whittlesey obviously being relegated and uh, coming up from uh, Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 is St Mary's. 
plenty to look forward to. It looks like a really even competition. I think there's six sides who probably have premiership ambitions this year. That's how even it's going to be in our second division. Yeah, we could even say seven sides. Um, it's, there's uh, some real quality in this competition. It's going to be an extremely even season. One of the more exciting Division 2 seasons that we've ever seen will be ahead for us in 2019, I feel. Um, there's Thomastown, Eltham... Eltham obviously lost the grand final last year, so they'll be there. Uh, Banyal looked strong last year. Thomastown, a group that's coming up. Whittlesey come back into the competition. St Mary's push up and look to be an immediate contender. They've got a strong list. Uh, Stars will be there. You would think they bring in a few uh, big names. And Diamond Creek are always around the mark. So I think there's probably seven sides there that think that we're half a chance of winning the flag here if we go well. Yeah, in the last couple of years, Division 2 has been... All just as, if not more competitive and, and more close in terms of just points on the table, win-loss records, than, uh, than Division 1. And that's I think that's going to be the same case this year, uh, Tommy, for the reasons you outlined. There's, I mean, you look at these teams as maybe you can pick one outstanding side purely just based on last season, Eltham, because they made the grand final, no reason more. But And then you've got those other six or seven teams um, who... You know, you, you don't really know which way it's going to go. Yeah, and obviously no relegation this year, making second division a 10-team competition in 2020. Before we take a look at, at what we think might happen, we did catch up with the coach of St Mary's, Fab Corelli, at the season launch last week. Just some thoughts from him heading into his side's first campaign in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. Fab, welcome to the 2019 season. Obviously, last year ended in a, in a fairy style, a fairy tale fashion. Um, big challenge though coming up, moving into A Plus Labor Solutions Division Two. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Sam. Anyway, it's going to be a real big challenge for us. Um, I think all the, all the guys are going to be looking looking forward to it. But um, you know, with our young list, we think we can be competitive at least. In terms of retaining the list, you have to be really confident that those players with natural progression can go up to that higher grade. They've been building towards it for a few years, but you must have real confidence that they can go up and, and display their best footy on a higher level. Yeah, well, I think, I think you're right there. I think because we have got such a young list, um, we've retained you know, 98% of the list um, and most blokes from last year's premiership side too. So I think with natural attrition and the improvement from our younger blokes and especially with the development of some of our under-19 players, I think it'll see us um, you know, make some good strides in the next few years. You talk about the under-19s. Last year they obviously competed in the top flight in Division 1. What benefit has that given them now as they prepare to go up into playing senior football potentially? I think it just lets them believe that they're, they're good enough to, to play at, the, at a good standard irrespective of uh, whether it's under-19s reserves or seniors. Um, and, and those boys now, just having that one year under their belt, um, we gave a few opportunities to some of those kids as well and they'll get more opportunities this year and I'd expect you know, probably half a dozen of those guys to pro- probably play regular senior football too. On the training track, has there been any players in particular who have stood out over those summer months? Oh, it's hard to pick standouts. I mean, I'm pretty lucky, Sam, that we regularly get 55 to 60 on the track every week and they turn up you know, day in, day out for me and, um, and they all work pretty hard as a group. So it's, uh, there's no real standouts, but it's just been a real solid effort by all of them so far. And the club as a whole, obviously the, the first senior premiership last year. Can you just give an insight into, into what it meant to, to hold up that, that silverware for the St Mary's Football Club at the end of the 2018 season? I think um, it, it's a lot of work went into it you know, from their foundation years and um, they went through some tough times. And then the last few years, obviously, they've been building to some success and you know, we achieved that 
that ultimate glory last year. And it just, it just meant a hell of a lot to so many people who put in their hard yards to, to make the stand and develop this, that senior club uh, nearly 10 years ago now. So it's, um, it was a special few days for a lot of people. And, you know, and still for those people, they're still very proud of, of that achievement. And it's, um, it was wonderful to be part of it, to tell you the truth. And just one final one. We talk about the under-19s, but the reserves had been so strong, three premierships in a row. Do you see potentially players from that side being able to elevate themselves and, and get into the senior side for this year? It's funny you say that. There's plenty of guys that, for various reasons last year, didn't get a regular senior game and played regular football, but the year before they were playing regular seniors. So those blokes have all turned up, put in the hard pre-season again, and um, the door's left ajar for anyone to, to push into that senior side. So I can... I can see you know, another two or three coming up and probably playing regular senior footy again. And you know, the tide changes for those guys. They've done the work, so they're, they're accustomed to playing some good football. And um, yeah, I think uh, we'll see a few of those guys step up as well. Great to hear from Fab Corelli there. Obviously, it's going to be really interesting to see how St Mary's goes this year. As we say, they've waited a long time to push up from third division and they get an opportunity. And it's going to be at least a two-year stay given the fact that yep. there is no relegation next year. Guys, who do we have at, at the top of the pile? Some, some really big inclusions across the league in terms of uh, some of the, the recruits coming in. Adam Oxley joining... Altham from, from Collingwood. He is Collingwood VFL listed those, but if he plays enough games it obviously strengthens that, that Altham lineup. Uh, at Banyul, some some real talent there coming in. Tim Martin's a, a two-time winner of the Bendigo Best and Fairest Award in, uh, in, in the best, uh, Bendigo League, I should say. So he's a ruckman coming in. Obviously, he's joined by Jack Langford, Ricky Dyson as well, and, and then all the way through. I mean, you look at even uh, the Fitzroy Stars. I mean, they've got all those players who've played at the club for, for a number of years, left last year, all come back in. Kane Proctor, uh, Peter Hood's back there. Superstar. Jai Burns as well. Then look at some of the talent bringing in. Carl Groth is coming across from the, the VAFA, but he's won a host of awards throughout his career. Uh, also, uh, some of the other players who have played at the club in the past. Uh, Corey Wanganin's another really good inclusion. Yes. And, and one to keep an eye on is, is young Jake Firebrace as well. Comes across from Craig Burns, played some, some call to cannons footy too. Even down to a Thomas down who who bring in a player like Daniel Caruso who's been a sensation in in third division the last couple of years only a young player but he'll add to to their list and and even down to Whittlesey who's gone the younger approach as well so where do we see uh, the season? Put, put potentially panning out because we, we think it's going to be so even and it really starts from, from the outset in round one look, looking at some of the matchups we've got you know Thomastown hosting Altham and, and Fitzroy Stars hosting Diamond Creek they're sides yep. that we have in our finals calculations it feels like from round one there's already games that are going to have an impact when we look at a top four at season's end well, you look at the list on paper and for mine there's three standout sides um, Eltham clearly have some amazing top-end talent. You look at the Glasgow's and Anton Woods is a superstar. Brent McCaffer, uh, his CV speak for itself. Um, they might be missing a few players in the early part of the season, so that maybe um, uh, takes them down a peg, but they're going to be there at the business end of the year. Uh, Banyul are uh, uh, going to be terrific, I feel. They're... they're um, They've brought in some big names, the likes of uh, Ricky Dyson and Jack Langford, Division One. um you know, quality players. Ricky Dyson, clearly a, a, a star who's 
you know, played AFL footy. Uh, Tim Martin from Sandhurst. He's a gun ruckman who, who comes in. Um, they lose Bailey Jordan, um, but there's there's um, plenty going on there at Banyol. They're going to be up and about. And they were pushing at the end of last year. I was probably surprised when they lost the prelim. I think they were the favourite going in, given the form yeah. line they took into the finals. They'd beaten lower plenty in the home and away season and then fell short, had a few key injuries on the day. But they were building towards the end of last year. Did beat Altham at Altham Central as well, remembering that. Now with the additions coming in, I mean, they're... they're Premiership windows wide open with a new coach in Paul Harris. So yeah, Banyol and Eltham probably the two um, that you look at just on paper at the start and go, yeah, those two will, will be there. Uh, the other one for mine is Thomastown. I think that their group is primed for a, an attack on on the top two. Um, I think they've probably got the best ruckman in the competition, Dylan Chapman. He's outstanding player. Uh, their midfield is experienced, spent a lot of time together, uh, quality players. Matty Ferraro and Jacob Osiduro in the forward half are a dangerous combination. They bring in Daniel Caruso, add him to the midfield. He's, he's a star. Uh, ben Nashi, Kane Slater, Braden Plant, all Division One experience. They're all going to make have an impact, aren't they? So I feel like Thomastown will be there as well. So they're the three for mine that I think look the strongest from, from the outset. But Whittlesea, St Mary, Stars and Diamond Creek are also quality. It's going to be interesting because yeah, the Stars are such a... I mean getting everyone back but how they all gel together I mean they were they had their, their worst year in a long time last year won only the two games just avoided uh, finishing last but uh, getting everyone back how long does it take for them to, to all fit in because when they're actually you know playing well we've seen how, how dominant of a side they can be played off in a number of grand finals only in, in recent memory two or three years ago but two for mine of interest Diamond Creek Whittlesey Whittlesey's one the Division Two Premiership, the last three years, they've been in the competition. They've yo-yoed around. They were a really competitive side in, in Division One for a couple of years. Last year, fell away with a, a long list of injuries. New coach at the helm, Blair Harvey, former Heidelberg legend, and, and obviously at North Heidelberg as well. And as he said in in his uh, in some some media articles throughout the off season, they're going to try and to, to build a, a squad that they can keep for a long time to push up into Division 1 and become a Division 1 side as well and be sustainable. But all youngsters really coming in. Sam Indian, you know, under-17 player last year when he led South Morang's goal scoring at, at senior level. Jesse Owens-Draper comes from Mernda. Harrison Jarvie and Lachlan Beattie, two to keep an eye on from, from the A footy club as well. They do lose some significant players though. Yeah. Jai Robinson has uh, decided to stay in first division. He'll play straight with Montmorency. They lose Andrew Fairchild and also Chris Horman to King Lake Fairchild, uh, the, the coach of King Lake this year. And, and Brenton Briffer as well has opted to, to move to, to Bandura. So is, is, yeah. is, are they going to be able to cover those players in this first season back in second division? First season might be tricky. They are, you know, they were they were key players. Linchpins um, of the club, really. Exactly. Yeah. I'm looking at Andrew Fairchild. I mean, this guy was a captain for a long time, leading goal scorer for... You know, most seasons that he was there. And it's not just his on-field presence. I think what he would add around the club as yeah. well as a person and as a leader. Yeah, it's very hard to replace that. Yeah, I think they probably need a, a freshener though, Whittlesey. And this isn't to to um, sort of um, degrade or, or hang anything on, on what's been there in the past. But they probably need just that, that those outside voices to come in. And, and Blair Harvey is definitely an outside voice. I think the last couple of times I've had coaching changes, generally it's been from within. Blair Harvey is completely external. He hasn't really had much to do with Whittlesey in the past. Um, so he comes in now to change things around. And and that, that sort of core leadership group, some of those older veterans of, of the team are out and now you bring in some new faces, which is probably the way to go because I think Whittlesey, I'm sure they are frustrated down there that how they've yo-yoed through Division 1 and Division 2. They've always been an absolute front runner when they come down to Divi 2 but they've never really exceeded 
ninth or tenth spot when they've come up to Divi 1. They need to try and break that mould. And Diamond Creek, they'll be burning after missing the finals last year, and especially in the manner they did in that last game out at Thomastown, where they looked to have had fourth spot yeah. clinched and, and didn't go on with it. Some really good ins there with uh, Thomas Bennett coming across from uh, from Benalla. He's also come across with James Marchbank, so two fantastic ins there. Some youngsters as well to keep an eye on. Ollie Stapleton from Heidelberg, and, and Joel Randall is a young defender, or young tall from St Mary's as well, so uh, two to, to keep a watch on. Um, Tim Chapman's a, a, a decent out, but I think they're improving on their list from last year, which just missed the finals. And, and for the sides that we're... Um, obviously, with St Mary's keeping almost an identical list to last year, I think it's 98% player retention from last year. So they're looking to... Obviously, have been a dominant side in Division 3, which includes their reserves winning three straight flags, and their 19s just missing Division 1 finals last year. I think they think, as a club, they've got a pretty good list. And, and then the two we talked about earlier, uh, Epping and, and Watsonia. Well, Epping... Some key outs, I think, for them. Obviously, losing yep. uh, in particular Damon Markon, uh, who's who's playing at Greensboro, but also Jordan Wilkins as well. Some of the intuit we don't know a great deal about, but uh, some a goal scorer there in, in Thomas Burnside. We'll learn more as as I think the season goes on. Michael Sibbe is a good in coming from West Preston Lakeside, and then the other club we mentioned was Watsonia, new coach there as well. So Epping's being coached by Aaron Johnson this year. Watsonia to be coached by George Latouf. He's brought in a few. He's brought in a few from from West Preston Lakeside. Who, will, who are depth players at the Roosters who will be good Division One, uh, Division 2 players in the seniors here. Um, you know, talking about players like Aidan Danny is one to, to keep an eye on. Played senior footy for West Preston last year in the Premiership <coughs> year. Michael Perfetto as well. And, and then also getting some of the Premiership players back in Xavier Kelly and Hayden Mitchell. Yeah. Tyron Leonardis has made Watsonia his, his nominated local club from, from VFL level. So I think there's a, a lot to improve on for, for Watsonia there. Epping, I think, is the one. I'm just unsure at this stage as yeah. to where they're on because they've lost some key players from last year. But they yeah. did really impress last year. Six wins, 12 losses, really competed well in their defeats as well. So uh, they would think that if they can get that same level of application across the board, that uh, they can avoid you know, finishing in a, in a bottom, uh, bottom couple of position. I'm most hopeful of that bottom group. I'm actually most hopeful of St. Mary's. Generally, the Division Three Premier who comes up the next season does pretty well generally in, in Divi 2 and I think they've probably got the list I mean I know we're going by Division 3 standards so how is this going to match up now in, in a higher class of football but their team is is really settled they've been able to, to build that depth as you said the under 19s the reserves do well they've won flags in all all divisions um and and they've got that they've got that depth now and they've got that that sort of broad mix of players. It's a very dynamic team. They've got a lot of players who can play midfield, but then go to half forward, half back. Uh, probably a bit more sort of flexibility within their squad than than say a couple of other teams. Um, I think, and they're a hungry side as well. And I think I think they'll. I don't think they'll make finals, but I think they'll just finish probably at the the top of the bottom bracket. As we leading into our. our ladder predictions for the year and just the, the top four Tom Flanagan you can uh, kick us off uh, fourth place I'm going to go Whittlesey I think they're good enough to um, be in the final so um, that, that's just on paper of looking at it from the preseason I've got Whittlesey in fourth uh, Eltham I think they might have a bit of a slow start but come home late with a wet sail mm-hmm. and I've got them in third second place I've got Banyol um, re- really like the way their list is shaping up and they were uh, strong last year so I'm sure they'll be uh, amongst it again first place I've got Thomastown and I'll outline, outline the reasons for Peak. that before I think um, in, the, in the finals we saw um, in the grand final last year we saw just how dominant Paddy Flynn was uh, on grand final day and how that um, contributed to the 
the Bears getting over the line against Eltham. So important to have a dominant big man. I think Dylan Chapman clearly uh, biggest uh, the best big man in the comp now that Paddy Flynn's gone up to Division One. Yeah, he beat yep. Flynn, uh, I think, two maybe three times last year, um, and I, I think come finals he's going to be a pivotal figure in the Division Two final series. I've uh, I've got Whittlesey in fourth, so I'm starting off the same. I did have them in, in second initially, but then sort of weighing up the ins and outs and uh, various other factors of the other teams, I've, I've dropped them down to fourth. So fourth for, for the Eagles for me. Um, third spot, I've got Thomastown. Uh, I really like their squad as well, but I think there's a couple, there's two more teams that have, that have got a better side than them. But I think Thomastown now, um, finally, after so long, they got a taste of, of finals football. It took them about four years of finishing fifth, uh, in Division Two, and they've they finally got there. So uh, I think that's probably a great um, uh, a great little sort of taster for them, and and that's going to make them hungry for this season. Uh, and I like their mix of players too. Um, second position, I've got Banyul. Um, they've got so many key players. Um, there's probably a, a handful of maybe three, four, five players in that Banyul side who you can almost most seasons pin down to be in the team of the season or pin down to be in the top. 10 to 15 players um, polled in the in the best and fairest. They've got some elite players there. Um, so Banyul, for me, will, will take a jump. And then Eltham, uh, I've got first again. It's probably low-hanging fruit, given they were the, the best team in the home and away season last year as well. But um, they've got some absolute elite players. They've got a group of, you know, maybe four or five players who will be considered for, not might be, but will be considered for the rep side. Um, they've got Division One quality across their list, and I think they'll be right at the top of the tree. Yeah, really interesting there. I, mine, I've got Thomastown in fourth. I think it was a flip of the coin between they and, and Diamond Creek, to be perfectly honest, and uh, it come up Trump's Thomastown's well. I like what they've added to the side, but gee, I like Diamond Creek too. And, and it's Fitzroy stars I have in the calculations, but I just think because it, it's such a new side gelling together, I just, I've just worried early on if they take time. I think this is a year where you can't afford to be, you know, too far behind and playing catch up because it's such a so much depth through the competition. I've got uh, Whittlesea Footy Club in third. Uh, I think with Blair Harvey at the helm, the reserves played in the grand final last year in first division. I think they've got the depth to, to be able to to overcome the players they've lost. Plus, I like the the youngsters they've brought in. I've got Altham into second. I think uh, similar to what Tom said. Uh, I think perhaps a slower start with some players out. Have they covered the, the loss of Braden Taglieri? Probably not for mine, uh, albeit that midfield with you know, McCaffrey, Woods, Glasgow, fantastic midfield. But I just think uh, potentially this year with uh, you know, the, the out of Taglieri and, and with what happened last year, um, which was which obviously a massive shame for them. Obviously, I think Matt Williamson will be a, a big inclusion, but he is their main one. We don't know if, if Oxley's going to play too often. So uh, I think if you know, in terms of the list, similar to last year, but I've got them in second. And... Uh, I think Banyul, with the inclusions they've got, they're, um, they're the side at the moment for mine. I think it's the, uh, the side that's uh, maybe the one to catch. We'll now take a look into Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. And it's again a nine-team competition. Different uh, composition, though, this year. We've seen St Mary's progress up. The newcomer being Old Altham Collegians. And as they come into their first game this weekend, they'll take on Panton Hill. It will be the broadcast game. But uh, before we uh, take a look at the competition, let's hear from the president of the Old Altham Collegians, Ben Crullen. Ben Crullen, welcome to the Northern Football Netball League. Not long to go until that first game. How's it all going in preparation for Panton Hill in round one? Uh, thank you very much. Um, it's going really well. We've, uh, we're certainly busy, um, but we've had 
one of the great pre-seasons the club's ever had. Um, numbers have been unbelievable, um, for, certainly for our little club. Um, and, yeah, we've had a couple of practice matches. We played Epping a few weeks ago and Roxburgh Park last week. It's been great to kind of find out uh, what, where we're at as far as uh, our level goes. Um, really looking forward to hosting Pantenhill that first game and to seeing a, a big crowd come out to Turtle Dome. It's been a while since we've had a big crowd out there. And, uh, yeah, so every, everything's looking really good. The, the club as a whole, obviously last year was in a way forgettable on the field. It was a really tough season. But what's the expectation coming into a new competition, obviously a, a new division, new opponents? So I guess they've become an unknown to some, some descript. But what's the internal expectation for the club going into 2019? Yeah, def- um, I guess when we, we started coming across, our aim was to win a couple of games. Um, but we just happened to recruit really well um, a lot out of luck, not, not by a huge great design. We just recruited great and we've got... A lot of um, a really nice balance of young players with a lot of raw talent uh, and a lot of experienced guys who have come from A-grade clubs um, that we think are going to uh, that, that have really raised our expectations. So uh, I'll probably get in trouble, trouble with the senior coach if I, if I aim too high, but I think we're, we're thinking that we might be able to pinch the last final spot um, and certainly surprise a lot of teams. Just some of the, the new players into the club, they have... Northern Footy Netball League experience. Obviously, John Garrard himself, uh, a former uh, Panton Hill player and, and coach as well. How important is it having people at the club now who have some understanding of, of the league and, I guess, the way that, that the competition runs and, and how it's played on a Saturday? Yeah, that, that's a huge, a huge benefit for us. Um, I think uh, as far as that, that, I guess a big thing for us was training expectations. And a lot of those guys who have come from those uh, more successful clubs and those really well-established clubs have really been able to lead that um, with a lot of our younger guys and a lot of the guys that we've had playing ammos um, for a few years who maybe got pretty comfortable with the standard there um, I guess as far as how we set up and how we uh, how we begin to establish ourselves as well that, that it's been a um, I don't know a really a really great thing for us to I don't know it's, it's standards across the board I guess it's that, that that's been the biggest thing that those guys from the Northern Footy League have brought and and a final one, a netball side as well going up. So I know when uh, when you first came across, that was something that was pipeline in in a way. But uh, obviously, a lot of hard work's gone on behind the scenes to get that up and running. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess as a as a footy club that's attached to a school, um, and that uh, one of our big partners is the alumni organisation of the school. We thought that uh, yeah, definitely the plan was netball in the future. Um, I guess through a lot of a few expressions of interest that we sent out and through a few connections from some of the new guys at the club and some of the college people, um, that's been a lot easier than we expected. Um, we're, we've, uh, we've been really lucky that not only did we pick up an Apple team, we picked up an Apple coordinator, um, which has really made it easy for us. So uh, that's definitely something that's exciting and something that we're looking to build on in the future, um, particularly with our alumni network. Great to hear there from the president of Old Altham Collegians, Ben Crullen. Obviously, as we said from the outset, their first game coming up this weekend when they take on Panton Hill. We're not too sure where exactly to put the Turtles. I think themselves, they probably came in and just want to be competitive. They've picked up pretty well in the off-season. So I think, as you as mentioned there, they've probably got their, height, their sights set on maybe something a, a bit more and potentially sneaking into a finals spot. I guess, guys, Panton Hill was the grand finalist last year. Lorimer was a side that really pushed its case late and South Morang's been a perennial finalist. Do we see those three as the three sides at the top, or is there someone that you think can sweep from underneath and, and really challenge for this year's flag? For me, it's those three. Uh, and then there's Heidelberg West as an outside chance. Kilmore is a smoky uh, to 
do a little bit of damage. Um, Layla and Mernda, I'm not too sure whether they're there yet. Um, and and old, old Eltham Collegians are, are new, so we haven't seen them yet. Reservoir, as we saw last year, a little bit have a little bit to do to, to get competitive with the top couple. But um, yes, Heidelberg West would probably be the strongest, in my mind, of, of the uh, contenders to those three. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be similar but different this season. I think we'll see um, uh, some of those teams who have traditionally been down the bottom or some of the newer teams into the competition, you know, normally who are the ones who have missed the finals, I think will come into the finals this season. I think Panton Hill will, will be at the top again. But, um, yeah, I think I think we'll get a couple of Smokies. I think it's going to be a very different-looking Division Three um, competition this season. The, the traditional guard, the old guard of Divi Three. I think we'll miss out and we'll see the, the new wave coming through. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think. I mean, for mine, I, I don't think in terms of... Yes, definitely the new wave comes through. I think Panton Hill still decide for yep. mine to catch and yep. I think Lorimer's the one that's coming because their back half of last year was outstanding. They lost mm-hmm. the prelim, sorry, the uh, the, sec- the first semi by a kick and if they hadn't made the prelim, they had beaten Panton Hill in their previous outing so who knows what could have happened there but I think it's a good thing anyway because I think they needed another year in third division to keep developing that, that squads under Justin Sherman but I think with Panton Hill, some good returning players with Cam Jordan and Nathan Hendry, Joel McClellan's a massive in and I think that allows, uh, as has been said throughout the off-season from their coach Steve Late, allows the likes of Matty Byron and Reese Boyden to play forward for, for longer. Alex Sadakis is, is there as well. So they've got a, a forward line that can kick goals. Cam Jordan can probably add to that as well. And, and Laura Malashi really showed so much improvement. Some good ins there. Jordan Wilkins is a really good one coming in from, from Epping. Um, Joel Reagan is one that's played some, some country footy and, and one to keep an eye on. And, and Kieran, uh, Kieran Sheen as well from the Watsonia Footy Club uh, came across with, with good raps last year from the uh, Northern Saints, I think, in the EDFL as well. So he's played uh, a lot of senior footy. Michael Brennan also played senior footy for Whittlesey as well. And looking at the outs, obviously Adam Dennis is, is probably the key one there, I believe, like with his retirement, but potentially that, that could be one that we might still see some of this year. But um, in terms of their list, I think they're in a, a really good spot as well um, this year. And Tom, you mentioned Kilmore as well. Heidelberg West and Kilmore have been probably put on prepared together for, for quite some time as well. They've finished in pretty yep. similar ladder positions last couple of years. I think they're both going to improve with their list this year. Um, the Heidelberg West side being coached by Cam uh, Van Florstein, and uh, he's gonna, going to be joined by uh, a few play, a few people that he's worked with in, in the past uh, as well, Ben Fogarty being one of those from, from Kilsyth. Um, so I think that there's improvement there. They'll get Masaki Mickey back from injury. Obviously, they know, we know the dominance they have in the ruck with, with Jared Coulson. And, and for Kilmore, some really handy ins. Chris Riles, a young gun from Caulfield. Steve McIntyre, experienced player who's Good coming back from a knee injury, uh, obviously back to his home club at last played at Altham and, and Luke Chapman's a really good in and uh, guys we, we know we, it's hard for us to get a gauge on old Altham collegians I think that's fair enough I think yep. we're going to have to give yep. it some time as to where exactly they sit but um, Reservoir I think, I think we're all thinking that for them it's just about being as competitive as possible but Layla and Mernda some significant list turnover for both of those Layla's brought a lot yep. in Mernda's lost a lot of the older guard well Mernda I'm not sure how they're going to go this season I'm a little bit worried because they're it's the players they've lost are almost that that leadership group. The, I mean, I know sometimes we talk about, you know, you need to to, to refresh the team in order to get some results and to, to change the look of the side. But you lose the likes of Les Adams, Rowan Davies, who was their premiership captain a couple of years ago. Chris Douglas, great years off half back. Liam Gray's been there for a while. Jesse Owens Draper, good midfielder. Saddington and Stefan Isle. That's I mean that feels like almost the 
not quite the spine of the team, but a good core of, of that senior group. And you lose them. Um, they've brought in only, what, four players. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the, the outs outweigh the ins and the inconsistency of Mernda. They've been one of the most inconsistent sides. They finished with a winning record last year, 9-7. and seven. But over the last year or two, they've never been able to put on a streak. Just yo-yoed a bit, it's haven't they? Win-loss, win-loss. Yeah. Never been able to get that, get a stretch going. Well, fifth in 2016. In 2017, they were uh, towards the bottom of the ladder. Bounced back last year, but still missed out. And, and you're right, a lot of those outs, I, I think, can get improvement from within, but they've yeah. got some work to do to cover those losses. And Laylor, so many ins amongst that side uh, coming coming in this year with the new coach, Gary Cutler, of course, the former Heidelberg West coach. And some good ones too. I guess Josh Navalli played in the Premiership for West Preston Lakeside last year. He's into the side along with Adrian Siriani, who's played senior footy at West Preston Lakeside. Jacob Dusen and Daniel Ballantyne come in from Heidelberg West. Uh, Sam Rexepi from uh, from the Wallen Footy Club, a noted goal scorer. Stephen Wallace is one to, to keep an eye on well, uh, as well as Adam Lowry. So they'll be a much improved side. Don't have Isaac Edger this year, who of course, won their uh, their best and fairest last year, but they're they're certainly looking to improve. And I know, speaking to Gary, he's saying that he doesn't like to put a ceiling on things and they can aim for a spot in the lower reaches of the four. Given they only won two games last year, that might be far fetched. But there's positions open. Obviously, we know St Mary's has left the competition. Yeah. The side that's coming in in Old Eltham Collegians only won one game last year, albeit it's a very new, new looking side. Even we don't know much about them, but it's a very different side this year than it was last year. So. There's spots up for grabs, and I guess that leads me into Jordan. You potentially picking a, a, a top four yep. for Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three in season 2019. Just a, a quick word on Layla, Gary Cutler. He could turn out to be maybe the Paul Ruse of uh, of the Division Three competition. The, the coach who comes in and fixes things up. <laughs> My finals positions. Well, firstly, I've got South Morang just missing out, and Myrna just missing out as well. I've got Kilmore finishing fourth. Their improvement, like Heidelberg West's, has been gradual but consistent, and I think they're going to continue to take those steps up uh, this season. So I think they'll just sneak ahead of South Morang to finish in the top four. I've got Lorimer finishing third um, for the same reasons you outlined, Samuel. They're, they seem to be the next one. They're the the, the heir apparent, almost, in, in Division 3 to be that, that next big side. Um, I've got Heidelberg West finishing second. That might end up being overs for Heidelberg West. They might not get there in, in reality, but maybe they'll they'll pinch a couple of wins here and there that they they might not expect, and that'll just edge them ahead of ahead of Lorimer. But it's probably a really close run thing between Heidelberg West and Lorimer. And then I've got first Panton Hill. Um, they're the senior team in the competition. They they've got a great mix of players, um, and uh, and they went pretty close last season. So they're they're first. So I've got. Uh... Murder, Layla and Kilmore are all just missing out. Um, uh, Old Eltham Colleges and Reza I've got as the last two. So fourth place I've got Heidelberg West. Um, I think they're just... Uh, at, the, at this point in time, I think they're just ahead in terms of senior players and uh, co- continuity over the last couple of years as a Opposed to Kilmore, maybe that's unfair on Kilmore, but I feel like Jared Coulson is is a is a you know is a huge player in in this competition. Masaki Mickey, if he gets a full year, th- those those two in particular uh, are really uh, strong competitors, and I think that um, that'll get Heidelberg West into the four. Uh, third, I've got Lorimer. Um, they they are coming along very nicely as, as we've touched on, uh, so I've got them in third. Second, I've got South Morang. So I'm. I'm not prepared to write off South Morang at all. I think they've got some quality talent on their list. They bring back Jack Potter from Montmorency. He's a great defender. Uh, Alex Kalaitis, uh 
James Hewson, Luke Shelton, Nathan Tassel, Matt Robinson, Ty Hall, Matt Trim. We've come accustomed to these guys over the last few years. I think they're quality players, so I, I think they're going to be a Harry Wybrow, solid ruckman. You always need one of those. I, I, I think they're going to be a solid contender again. So I've got them in second, and Panton Hill, the, the clear favourite um, to, to go on and win this year. And for my one, I've got Heidelberg. I say I've got South Morang in in uh, fourth spot. I think um, lost a lot, obviously, but they bring so many youngsters through the uh, through that side. They just, I mean, last year I wrote them off. I didn't think they played finals last year. They finished a kick out of out of a grand final. So yeah. I think with the youngsters coming through, I think they can still sneak in. Uh, for mine, I think it's at Kilmore's expense. I think it's one of those two fighting for yeah. for that spot along with Heidelberg. Where so it's probably those. I have those three sides competing for the last two spots in the final. So I've gone uh, South Morang. Uh, into Heidelberg West. I think purely for the fact that M- M- Mickey is fit again and with Coulson, those two are genuine match winners yep. through that side. Um, like what they've been able to build throughout the last couple of years. Brad Moore's obviously is a star in, in the competition as well. It's a shame to see uh, they lose Kimonello. Um, Jake Kimonello goes back to uh, McLeod as well because I thought if, if he teamed up with Jared Coulson long term that uh, yeah. they would have been really hard to stop but then versatile big man absolutely but players even like Cam Taylor and, and whatnot as well through that side I think um, it's a season where if they can string everything together they can you know this is their opportunities and they've, they've yeah. languished for so long towards the bottom but with so many players going out uh, some, oh, sorry St Mary's going up and some other clubs um, losing some players this is the opportunity Lorimer, I think, is the side that's really going to challenge this year. I've got them in second, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they were, you know, you know, finishing first and ladder. I just think with the natural improvement from that in that side from from Justin Sherman, uh, I think that they can, you know, keep pushing up that forward line with Williams and uh, King in there as well. Um, you know, last year we saw, you know, an absolutely great season by Mitch Thompson as well, and I think that uh, they've got enough on that list. Luke Wilson's going to co-captain with him as well this year. I think that they can really really have a massive impact and to still for mine Panton Hill on top I don't think they have quite the depth of some of the other clubs in terms of you know, a reserve side that probably battles a bit but their top end talent all played division one Joel McClellan coming in means that they can really keep their yeah. big forwards at home for longer yeah. Brent Ryan and Mitch Anderson in the back line I think is are two players who for mine really hold down the fort and probably just about the two best uh, defenders in the competition but then you you go through their midfield as well and I think with you know Fowler in there uh, as well um, you know under a ruckman like uh, Joel McClellan um, you know I think they've got enough quality on balls Conti throw in too and um, you know, even Pritchard last year, a dominant, dominant year. So I think that their midfield um, gets their forward line enough service. I've got them in first. Well, uh, that's our wrap of Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. Of course, all the action kicks off this weekend. It starts uh, under lights. We've got uh, Northcote Park hosting Bundura. We've also got Altham taking on St Mary's at Altham Central Park in the women's competition. Of course, that's to be graded over the first four rounds. We've got under 19th footy under lights as well. So big uh, Friday night fixtures. Nepal kicks off in the winter season as well, so do get around to the five venues we've got Nepal at this this year. Head to the NFNL website for all the fixtures for that, and then of course, massive day Saturday where uh, the senior men's competition uh, plays through in all three grades as well. It's been a staggered start in in, re- in previous years with Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three kicking it off, but this year all three grades starting uh, on the same weekend, and of course the juniors uh, kick off on the Sunday. So we wish everyone the best of luck there. Jordan, Tom, thank you for being a part of this uh, inaugural 
program of uh, the NFNL podcast. Uh, to everyone that's listened, we, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that we're uh, on the ball with our predictions. I'm sure we'll <laughs> hear plenty if, if we're not as the season uh, goes on. But um, that's our insight from here. We do look forward to you joining us uh, each week of the year. Uh, until next week, you've been listening to the NFNL podcast. Mm-hmm.